on this week's program, CinemaCon signals a huge return to the theaters. Diablo will go immortal for PC owners. And did I hear Dungeons and Dragons is going to space? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Wizards and Wine, Vampires and Vitae, and everything that we do at popculturecosmos.com, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. And you can catch all the great videos that we do each and every week right there on Pop Culture Cosmos at Facebook, where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture. And my gosh, there was a lot of news to cover this week. Right there, and you can catch it all in a nice big row right there for you on Pop Culture Cosmos and Facebook. If you can do all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my fellow NAB friend. She is the mastermind behind everything Wizards and Wine, also, as well, the fantastic Vampires and Vitae, both wherever you get your podcast. It is my good friend. I don't know how she did it. She just walked all around with me on the Las Vegas <laughs> Convention Center floor, all over here, North Hall, South Hall, Central Hall, this hall, that hall, that session, this session, that session. You were in halls I didn't even know existed, to be honest. Absolutely. We didn't even get a chance to really check out the new West Hall, which I want to go ahead and check out. Yeah, I was right there, but we've got to go ahead and check out next time. But it is my good friend. It is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. And Melinda... <sighs> How are your feet feeling now? Not bad. I was a little bit impressed with myself. I kept up. Let's face it. You're like, you know, a good, like, what, five feet taller than I am? <laughs> three. Let's say three. So it was, a, it was a lot of fast walking for me and a nice leisurely pace for you. That's the curse of being short, I suppose. I'll tell you what. It was fun going with you to NAB. We got a lot to go ahead and cover eventually down the line. We just are so appreciative that we got a chance to meet with a whole bunch of networks. We got to meet yeah. with a whole bunch of people at the sessions as far as we got to let everybody know what we're all about. You got to see the editor of the movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And that presentation he gave at the Adobe booth was just fantastic on what he was covering and how he did it. My gosh, how does that guy keep track of everything? Did you see when he zoomed out and you saw everything yeah. out there in the whole movie in detail? Uh, I'll okay. send it to you and we can put it on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page or something. Yes, it was mind-boggling what he did. Just 
absolutely mind-boggling but i'll tell you what i had a great time at nab and i know you did as well again we truly appreciate everyone who spent time with us at nab 2022 but that wasn't the big thing that went on in las vegas because not only is the nfl draft this weekend which is going on right now at the link and on the actual waters of the Bellagio right now, the stage is set up at the Bellagio right there where they have the fountains, plus also as well across the street at the link where most of the crowd is right there. But also as well, the major thing that went on this weekend was for the movie industry and the theater owners that they gather each and every year. CinemaCon is back and the going to the movie theaters is back and back with a vengeance. And we'll tell you why. Not only what the theater owners are saying, not only what the movie companies were saying, but everything that they did and showcased. I know we're not going to get to it all, but we're going to showcase as much as we can of CinemaCon and tell you why it is one of the most important events of the year for the entertainment industry. That's coming up here in a minute. Plus also on the back end of the show, it is Diablo Immortal. This was a game when it was announced at BlizzCon that was coming out in June that a lot of people were going. That'd be great if it was not coming just a mobile well, you know what? It's no longer just coming to mobile as Melinda got some good news with one of her favorite IPs. So we'll talk about Diablo Immortal that's coming to a new platform along with a mobile outlets. That's coming up on the show. And then also as well on the back end, Dungeons and Dragons in space. We'll talk about a Dungeons and Dragons space adventure that you might be interested in. And that's coming up on the back end of the show as well. But first, Melinda, you wonder why I have the glasses on. And I only use this for heavy reading. And I'm going to pop this on the screen. Right there. <laughs> That's all the notes right there for you in a nutshell that I've got lined up. Because I think it's most of what was covered at CinemaCon. Because I don't think I got it all. Because there was just so much that was showcased, that was presented that was announced that was delayed that was everything that was mentioned just so many things at CinemaCon to let everybody know out there what CinemaCon is CinemaCon is a convention for theater owners from around the world they all congregate at the Caesars Palace and it's something where I told you we were walking NAB and I said I like and I enjoy being in NAB but I would love to be at both NAB and do shows at live at CinemaCon. She was, you know, why is that? Why, why was that? Well, after sending her a flood of DMs on exactly what was covered at <laughs> CinemaCon, she now understands why CinemaCon is considered, after what we saw this week, one of the premier conventions and events for the entertainment industry, as so much was announced, so many stars and important people were there. Everything under the sun seemingly was either talked about or showcased there in some form or fashion at CinemaCon. But the first thing I want to hit up for you, my friend, is the theme. And I think this is one of the most important CinemaCon events that will ever take place because it's the first CinemaCon as people are starting to go back to theaters. Because in previous CinemaCons the past couple of years, it's been virtual and the movie industry was really facing some hard times financially. They were also very upset at the streaming outlets, especially HBO Max for the day and date. This year, it's all about HBO Max and Warner Brothers playing nice, nice, saying, oh, we love you, theaters. We love you. We'll never do day and date again. And the theater owners saying day and date is a thing that's in the past. They'll never happen again. 
I'm not so sure if it's convenient for entertainment in Hollywood that they will just go ahead and ditch it forever. But for now, it's all about the movie theaters right now at CinemaCon. Yeah, definitely. Back in a big way. And could we say even with a vengeance, perhaps? Absolutely. Yeah. And they were even open to Netflix. They talked about Netflix's woes as far as financially and how much they've lost in subscribers and the fact that they're cutting several departments and laying off thousands of people, possibly. And the thing is, right now, with that on the rise, the theater owners made sure to let Netflix know, you know what, Netflix, why don't you go ahead and bring your movies over to our theaters for a little while before you showcase it on Netflix day and day? Why don't you go ahead and bring it? The Gray Man, which features Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, mm -hmm. that movie actually will appear in theaters a week before Netflix. So that may be a test run. You may see some of the larger Netflix productions follow suit with maybe a week, two weeks, and three weeks as far as being in theaters before it hits Netflix. So that may be something that Netflix may lean towards to that type of option coming up in the near future. But my gosh, there was such a, a ton of stuff announced and showcased at CinemaCon. You saw my notes. Yes. <laughs> and again, I had to have the glasses on because there's so much to cover. Where do you want to start first? Let's start at the top. What's number okay. one? Number one, I think I will go start off with the Sony because they started off everything on Monday. So we're going to go ahead and start off with what Sony was really talking about before we hit the break. Okay. And Sony announced sequels to Venom and Ghostbusters Afterlife, Venom 3 and a Ghostbusters Afterlife 2. Both of these are not shocking in any way, shape or form. This is something where Venom 1 and 2 both earn quite a bit of money at the box office and Ghostbusters Afterlife was a very solid hit last year for Sony. Your thoughts on either of these two? You think that this is something that is going to generate continuous good money for Sony long-term? You know, I really, I know that Venom 2 was largely poo-pooed by, you know, a lot of people, but I'm glad to see that they're going ahead with a Venom 3. You know, I, I know I've, I, wanna, I don't want to say I've had a hot take or two before because I don't know that that's entirely accurate, but I never had a hot take on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to really enjoy the Venom movies and, and sometimes I am in complete contradiction with, you know, what the critics have to say or even what the box office has done. Or so, even what uh, I say. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm always going to have time for Tom Hardy. Let's not pretend that that's not a small part of it. But I enjoyed the Venom movies. I, I really think that they're pretty fun. And a lot of people have a lot of fond opinions of Ghostbusters after Ghostbusters Afterlife, the way they yeah. reinvigorated the old cast, plus brought in a new cast and thought they did a, a great job of that. I feel sorry and feel bad for Paul Feig's Ghostbusters the all-female cast movie that obviously didn't go over well back what six seven years ago and and yeah. now you see that that ghostbusters is now alive and well you got a video game that's coming up and you also have a vr experience that we talked about last week so yeah a lot of things going on in the ghostbusters universe now for sony also as well wanted to mention spider-man across spider-verse is now going to be a part one and a part two Oh, this is going to, well, the, that's the good part. But the bad part is that the movie was delayed. The movie was delayed to June of 2023. So the Spider-Verse continues with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The sequels, part one and a part two, that are probably coming 2024 or 2025, 
Right. That one, to me, I love the first one. The animated feature was one of the, the, actually was the best animated feature the year it came out. They did such a great job with it. They deserved the Academy Award for the best animated feature. So I expect nothing less next year for that. Also as well, continuing the Spider-Verse, Madam Web is going to drop July of 2023. Equalizer 3 with Denzel Washington, that's coming up on September 2023. And then the major announcement that ended Sony's run, I think, for the most part, was Bad Bunny, rapper and actor and part-time WWE wrestler when there's a big payday involved. He is going back into the ring, but as another spider villain in El Muerto. And El Muerto is going to have his own standalone movie. And that was kind of a little bit surprising, but I am all for it because not only does it get you into the ring and tells his story of a professional wrestler that get, turns villain against Spider-Man, but also as well a higher profile for the Latino culture and the Latino superhero venture. That really is going to be something that's really special to me. So I want to hear your thoughts on El Muerto and Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny not only has done a great job with rapping, he, he obviously did a good enough job in F9 to get the, this kind of acclaim and notice. As a wrestler, he has gotten the claim in his part-time notices on big cards such as WrestleMania on those few occasions that he's wrestled. I could see this as a really good move for Sony, but the one catch is they've already failed once with Morbius on a Spider-Villain movie. What will happen now with Madam Web next year and El Muerto? Well, obviously they are optimistic enough to try again. Yeah. And then try, try again. I think that it can only mean good things. I think perhaps there were some lessons learned from Morbius. And perhaps, I feel like Morbius was a really, really ambitious film. You know what I mean? Like if Morbius had been two parts, maybe the story could have been fleshed out a little bit more. There could have been a little bit more to kind of work with there. So I'm really excited to hear that they're going to continue exploring more of that side of the Spider-Verse, for sure. And- and nothing was even talked about, although it's there regarding Craven the Hunter because Aaron Taylor Johnson, yeah. they've already started, I believe, film or production in some form or fashion for that movie. When it comes to what Sony's doing with the Spider-Verse, they're trying to get every single dollar they can and extend it even beyond what maybe a lot of people would say not to do, but they're going to go ahead and try and do it the same. If they're going to continue that audience. I mean, this reigniting of spider-man the spark that tom holland spider-man has given sony has created a whole universe unto itself and sony's going to bank for all it's worth yeah and absolutely i would too if i was sitting around a table with some high power high level executives from sony i would suggest that they do the same thing to be completely honest well go for it what what if the uncle ben story comes out in a standalone film what, like ben. just like Uncle Ben's life? Yeah, just do an Uncle Ben backstory just because we're extending the Spider-Verse even more. <laughs> or Aunt May back when she was young. You know what? As long as we end up with some Peter Parker home movies somehow in those movies, I would be fine with it. I would go see an Aunt May movie. Absolutely. Marissa Tomei? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm all, all for that too as well. But we're only kidding so far on an right. Aunt May and yeah. Uncle Ben movie. So we'll, yeah. We'll hold off on that right now. But El Muerto was announced with Bad Bunny. Plus also as well, again, Madam Web next year, Equalizer 3 next year, a Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 delayed to next year. But Venom and Ghostbusters Afterlife were both given sequels. 
Do you have any thoughts on this in regards to what Sony announced this week at CinemaCon? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Okay, wait. Wait, I I can go invisible, right? Because this is this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is um uh, that's uh ob ovulation. It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can You are still naked. Oh god. The music stops and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh god, this is The Prince of the City looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a vampire the masquerade actual play podcast, season two to Pop Culture Cosmos. Universal. They started touting some stuff, including Jurassic Park Dominion. She said, Brothers, The Rise of Gru, when it comes to all the stuff that's going with Minions, the Halloween Ends, Ticket to Paradise, which is the latest George Clooney and Julia Roberts movie. Nope, which you know, I've got a lot of great hopes for that movie because obviously when you have Jordan Peele directing his next feature film, the way the guy sees horror from a different perspective has just been beautiful so far. And they screened Black Phone, which is an upcoming movie with one of the hottest actors in Hollywood, Ethan Hawke, because he's seemingly everywhere now. The Northman, he's in Moon Knight. Now he's the evil killer in a Black Phone movie, which he kidnaps kids and then he kills them and it's all creepy. If you've seen the trailer for this, it's gotten a lot of great feedback because they screened the movie ahead of its June release. So your thoughts on all this stuff? Plus, Super Mario, unfortunately, did get a delay to next year, April 2023. But your thoughts on what Universal's putting out there. I know there's a lot of good stuff, but Jurassic Park Dominion, I think, is the thing that they want to go ahead and put as a foundational piece until F10 gets done. And we'll talk about F10, Fast X, on the Monday show. If you're going to have a cornerstone to your movie releases, it might as well be a Jurassic Park movie. They don't seem to be able to do wrong right now. I am so excited for the rise of Gru. I can barely stand myself right now. So yeah, Universal came out just like Sony did, swinging with both fists in the air. They're ready to fight it out at the box office. And we, the public, are going to have all of the benefits of this little slap fest between sony and universal i don't know if that's the correct way to put it but the one thing i want to ask you though is because yeah. older audiences have been slow especially female audiences have been slow to return to theaters we discussed this last week as well yeah ticket to paradise with george clooney and julia roberts is the one that seems to me is the one that makes me most curious that this is a movie that could have been easily showcased on peacock which is starving for content yep and it's something that may or may not be a hit in 2022 if this was 2002 slam dunk no problem these are these were two of the biggest actors in the entire world the box office 1996 two of the biggest box office actors that are out there no problem gonna be a big huge hit how about 2022 do you think that those two together in a movie as your stars do you think they will still be able to generate a large audience at the box office in 2022 you know, I really think so. I'm just sitting here trying to think of the last like really big rom-com movie. And That's about romantic comedies have been, they've been yeah, gone for a while um, now. 
I'm coming up a little bit short. So when you put George Clooney and Julia Julia Roberts Roberts together, you have automatic chemistry. People adore the two of them together. And if you're going to get the female demographic back to theaters, I think that having those two in the movie is definitely going to be a a smart way to kind of kickstart that a little bit. Okay. I'm not as confident as you are because, again, we've seen a slow return for certain audiences come back to the theaters. Those that were interested in the art house movies, those have been slow to come back. The older audiences have been slow to come back as well. So I'm hoping that this will generate that kind of enthusiasm and it'll be another great turn for these two because they, like you said, they know each other, they love each other as far as on a friendship level and they've enjoyed working with each other before. They were terrific in, in the Oceans movies and they've had other movies that they've worked together on and I think they're fantastic. I'm still not 100% convinced that this will bring people back to the theater to go see them. I'm just hoping it will be. I'm hoping it will bring that. Nostalgia is something that has been played on a lot over the past few years. And I think when you go see this movie, I think that's what they're trying to go ahead and target is the nostalgia factor. You have those great memories of Julia Roberts and George Clooney now that they're in their 50s. Do you, you still have those great memories and do you still have that great desire to go ahead and see them all these years later? Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of people who I think have been overwhelmed by all of the comic book movies and and are, you know, starved for, you know, a different kind of film. And throwing George Clooney and Julia Roberts into one is one way to get those people who maybe feel, I don't know if ignored is the right word by movie companies lately, but that's the word I'm going to use, perhaps forgotten in all of this comic book superhero movie craze that we seem to have gone through. I know that other kinds of movies have come out. Please don't think that I'm only focused on superhero movies all the time. But it's You're not? Just- Today is Superhero Day. <laughs> right? Today is actually Superhero Day. Shame on me for saying something anti-superhero on Superhero Day. Because they have to have a day for everything. you know. I, I shall repent by watching the second Iron Man movie followed by the second Thor movie tonight. Oh my gosh, you are really punishing yourself. Watch Moon Knight episode yeah. five instead. We'll call it a day. <laughs> okay, fair yes. enough. Do not torture yourself with that, please. <laughs> Once is enough. Once enough for that. But it is something, again, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I'm just kind of uneasy when it concerns the prospects of Roberts and Clooney in 2022 as far as a box office medium. But I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong, and I'm hoping audiences will gravitate back to the theaters just to check them out. Again, that was showcased. A lot of these films you and I were talking about, and this is one of the reasons why I would love to be there, where there was footage shown for the majority of these films, and we'll never get to see them, or their trailers that were especially cut for CinemaCon, yeah. or trailers that won't be debuted for months down the end. And sometimes there were actual movies like Black Phone. The entire movie was shown. I mean, they're getting they're all the good stuff at CinemaCon. Oh, yeah. it makes me so angry that I'm going to be able to... <laughs> And yeah, we'll talk about someone who snuck in that did attend, and why couldn't we do it? Well, that'll make me even more, but that's coming up in a little bit. We're going to touch on as much Warner Brothers as we can before we head to the break, and that is The Rock was there to showcase Black Adam and DC League of Super Pets, showcase more footage from there. The big news, however, is Warner Brothers proudly announced that Robert Pattinson is coming back for a sequel to The Batman Oh, shockers. Apollo shockers. The movie's made over three quarters of a million dollars. Yes, of course, there's going to be a sequel. But your thoughts on a sequel to The Batman and then The Rock showing up? Because this was one of the big 
events that happen during CinemaCon. Okay. So obviously Pattinson's coming back as Batman. Obvious. We all kind of saw that one coming. Yeah. And I'm a little bit disappointed. In the movie? I am. <gasps> I know. <gasps> I know. <gasps> I was sitting there watching the movie and I was like, everybody likes this, right? Like everybody, I liked it. everybody, everybody. It's got a generally positive opinion of it. I'll just leave it at that. Though the, the length has been discussed quite a bit. I was bored. <gasps> I know. I'm so sorry. I don't. I don't know why. I love Batman. I love me some Batman. I even loved the bad Batman movies, of which there have been a number. But yeah, I was watching this one, and I was like, I get it. They're going for like a detective noir kind of style film. Yes. I, I understand what they're doing, but. Yeah. Also, the guy who played the Riddler. Can we just have him as a villain in everything? He was. Impressive. He was. He was really good. Yeah, I I just cannot really say enough great things about. Him. I mean, he was the. He did not try to be Jim Carrey. No. He went the exact opposite direction. He was serious. He was creepy. Yeah. He was mysterious. Yeah. He was scary. He was imposing, and he was disturbed. And it was a beautiful performance. It was the yeah. best thing to me about the movie. For me, again, the movie kind of falls a little bit off and falls apart in that last part after he meets his demise. Right. I'm, not, I'm not saying he dies or anything like that, but he meets his demise in a certain fashion as far as right. something happens like to his, him. Having his piece on the board, so to speak. Yes, yes, yeah. something like that. So after that, his plan still needs to be executed. And unfortunately, the, the film doesn't get executed very well after that. And then again, the, the stop and stars, the stretching out of the film, it's a little bit it's a little bit too long for its own good at times. But I enjoyed most parts of it. I enjoyed the detective noir parts of it. I'm sorry that you didn't, but you are entitled to your opinion. And if that's your opinion, I can't blame you a bit. Because remember, I'm not exactly in love with Ted Lasso. And I get roasted under the coals for that. And uh, Josh and I don't like Our Flag Means Death. And it's HBO Max's most popular show right now. So I can't stand it. I just think it's not very good. And that's the thing. We all have our own opinions. Just respect our opinions as I respect yours. Yeah. So with Our Flag Means Death, you need to look at the two main characters. And look at, it, look at it as a love story between those two characters. Like it's, a straight up love story. I promise you, you're going to look at it differently and you're going to appreciate it. I promise. Uh, for you, I will give it another shot. But yeah, yeah for me do. and Josh, it, Josh, yeah. Josh gave it a longer look than I did. But even though both of us were just like, oh, this is boring. Yeah. It's not funny. I'm not laughing at all. But, <laughs> you know, everybody shares their own opinion. And I, obviously so many people are loving. And that's why I'm so happy for other people out there. If you're able to enjoy something you know, out there, if you're enjoying Our Flag Means Death, if you're enjoying Ted Lasso, if you're enjoying the Batman, please, we continue to go ahead and say yes. But we love sharing our opinions here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But before we hit the break, I will hit the rest of Warner Brothers on the other side of the break because they had a lot to detail. Obviously, with the merger and everything that's going on there, they're kind of reshaping things and CNN Plus going out of the way. But closing out the half hour here, your thoughts, uh, again, the Batman with the extras, you know, with the, the Penguin getting his own series, Commissioner yeah. Gordon getting his own series. We talked about the Riddler doing a fantastic job. So I'm hoping that there's a great future for him, even though right now it's going to be hard to see it. 
Yeah. The thing I was detracted by the most is the future for a Joker in this environment because Barry Keegan's Joker really wasn't working for me. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I love that there's finally going to be more about Commissioner Gordon. I love that. I thought that... Uh, you um, Jeffrey Wright? Yes, thank you. He was really good in that role, and I'm excited to see where he's going to take it. Big shout out also as well to John Turturro, who is one of the, also, along with Eden Hawk, a guy that is being brought back to a lot of great stuff. He killed it in Severance, and he killed it in the Batman as Carmine Falcone, although yeah. he does have a definite shelf life in that movie. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. So, yeah. But Jeffrey Wright does get a lot of future now with his own series and maybe more Batmans to come as the Batman gets a sequel that was announced by Warner Brothers. Your thoughts on a the Batman sequel, Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. When we return, more CinemaCon as we continue with Warner Brothers. We still haven't even touched Disney. We still haven't even touched Focus Features, Paramount, Lionsgate. Oh my gosh. Plus also as well, Diablo and D&D in space. Wow. We got to talk about that at the back end of the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. And we're back with the show. It's the PCC Multiverse. It's Melinda Barkhouse Ross, the madam of everything, Wizards <laughs> and Wine, and also as well, Vampires and Vitae. You got to go ahead and check it out today wherever you get your podcast. Plus, me, Gerald Glassford. I host the Lakers Fast Break on twice a week, wherever you get your podcast, and of course, everything here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Continuing on with our coverage of CinemaCon, I told you there was so much to talk about. Here. So much. This is you a four-hour show this week, right? You and I, and we've been doing live shows from there. They would probably have to go ahead and send us to the hospital, put some IVs on us, because yeah. we would have been exhausted yeah. after four days of everything that went on at CinemaCon, but continuing on with Warner Brothers, we talked about The Rock showing up and showing off more footage of Black Adam and DC League of Super Pets, and of course they announced a sequel to The Batman. Not even mentioning Aquaman the sequel, which is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Wonka featuring Timothy Chalamet and of course his hair. We always got to talk about Timothy Chalamet's <laughs> hair being a co-star in that. So they showed some footage from that. Showed some footage of Flashpoint, which, as we talked about with Ezra Miller, <laughs> I know that mumps the word with the executives when they were approached on the future of Flashpoint and Flash with Ezra Miller. So I know that they didn't want to talk about Ezra Miller. Shazam! Fury of the Gods was shown off as well. But the most, I, guess, I don't know how you say this. I don't want to say amusing thing, but the most strange and surreal presentation had to be when Olivia Wilde's Don't Worry Darling with Harry Styles, her new boyfriend yeah and florence Pugh, harry styles who just performed in front of a hundred thousand people at coachella which we covered here on the show last week florence Pugh, who's coming off black widow who did such a fantastic job in hawkeye so this is a great combination and they showcase some footage there but while she was on stage oh dear here we go <laughs> she got approached by a lady who gave her a folder 
And she said, this is for you. Gave it to Olivia Wilde. And Olivia Wilde seems stunned, but okay. She opens it up and it's papers. She was being served because of child custody issues between her and Jason Sudeikis. And Jason Sudeikis swears he did not know that this individual was going to go ahead and, and serve her papers there. You know, obviously entrusted to the attorneys who then go over and do their thing. Great time to get her. So the lady did her job in order to go ahead and serve the papers. But I ask you, my friend, how come she gets to go to CinemaCon and we don't yet? <laughs> and how do you just approach the stage and to hand a celebrity and I hope she gets paid well. Oh my gosh, I hope so. But how does that happen? But it happened in the first place. So there you yeah. go. I don't, if I was Olivia Wilde, I don't know that I would go back to CinemaCon. Well, you know, they pay you enough money and they'll eh. do anything. I don't think next year, if she comes out with a movie next year or this movie gets delayed to next year, I don't think she will be making a return appearance. So, yeah, I understand that. But Warner Brothers did have its time to shine in the spotlight. But for the big D, again, ups and downs with the past couple of weeks, but things are looking up because James Cameron also stopped by. You always hear in Hollywood entertainment what's going on with Avatar, Avatar 2, 3, 4, 9, 23. You know, it's all being filmed at once by James Cameron. What's going on with that? Well, he finally went out into the wild. He, it's like Bear coming out of hibernation. And he came out on stage at CinemaCon to showcase Avatar 2, which has a name, Avatar, The Way of Water. So let that sink in, everyone. Avatar, yes, later this year when it comes out, Avatar, The Way of Water, comes out later this year. It's going to dominate the box office. In fact, it's already scared off when they announced the date later this year in December. That It's already scared off Shazam, and they moved Shazam, Warner Brothers did a few weeks in a different direction. So they're like, oh, Avatar, got to go, got to go. They also announced that the original Avatar is going to distance itself even further from Avengers Endgame, which hurts my heart as the number one movie all time because they're going to bring it back in September just to let everyone know. So if you want to see it again, it's all of its glory. I'm not a big fan of it. I love Stephen Lang's performance in it as the bad guy, but other than that, it just didn't do anything for me. But if everybody out there likes it, I know there's going to be a lot of people seeing it. So I'm very sad that Endgame didn't make it as the number one movie all time. It was for a little while. It was for a few weeks until they brought back Avatar the first time. They're going to do it again in September. But Avatar The Way of Water is going to be on the way. And in full Christopher Nolan mode, he's pushed 3D. He pushed and pushed and pushed 3D up on yeah. stage. They're saying that's the way you got to see it, yada, yada, yada. And I know, you know the directors say you got to see it in IMAX, yada, yada, yada. I know with Dune, IMAX was just an experience like none other, Blade Runner 2049. But... When it comes to Avatar, The Way of Water, what are your thoughts on this whole Avatar thing? I mean, we're going to be seeing Avatar 3, 5, 7, 19, 24 coming up in our lives. Well, I, actually, I'll probably be dead by then. But your thoughts on Avatar, The Way of Water? This is such a... Well, how long did it take for a sequel? <laughs> how long did it take for a sequel? Because you figure, okay, I understand that he's filming them back to back as far as Avatar 2, 3, 4. I don't know how many. He's, he's yeah. filming a few back to back. But yeah. it took over 10 years for the sequel to come out. So I have low expectations, my friend. Sure. And that's that's fair. But I think that there's a part of what he's trying to accomplish that he needs to let technology catch up with. 
to be honest, because the first one was so groundbreaking. Yeah. And, and he did showcase a, a little bit of footage from it too. Just like Yeah. That. So I, I do think that he had to wait for technology to catch up to what his ambitions were for this movie and the ones coming after it. And I think that as we saw with the example of editing from everything everywhere all at once, when we got to see that editor do his presentation at NAB. Which you was know, awesome again. I'll just say that. Yeah, it was really great. But I think that a lot of that editing technology and a lot of that special effects technology has come such a long way and i think that he really did just have to wait for stuff to catch up to what he had planned oh my god Can you imagine having that size of an imagination and believing in your vision enough and the scope of it to wait a decade to start working on something can you imagine exactly. i now i imagine now i know he imagines it i know now he realizes it so We'll see what the result is later this year. I know I'm going to have to go check it out. I know my family's all geared up. They love the Avatar ride at Disney World in Florida. So I've got no choice. i got to go ahead and march on down there to go watch Navi, uh, the Navi in Avatar, The Way of Water. We're going to go ahead and check out that later this year. But they did showcase that. And again, the original Avatar will be reappearing on screens in September. So look out for that. I also want to mention that they did showcase a little bit more on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's coming out next week. Ooh, I'm so excited. Josh and I are going to do a major preview on that on Monday, but they did showcase a little bit more to the theater owners behind the scenes. And then they also showcased 30 minutes of Lightyear, the Pixar hit that's coming later this year. That two theaters, which I know my friend at Pixar is ecstatic about because he really wants people to go back to theaters to go see Pixar movies. So they did showcase 30 minutes of it. I think theater owners, the common thing was that they were surprised and they were pleasantly surprised that there were jokes in it because they were worried because that original trailer seemed somewhat dark. Yeah. Using the David Bowie music and whatnot, but they were glad that it has some of the Pixar humor on it. But your thoughts on Doctor Strange 2 and, and Lightyear that was showcased at CinemaCon? I mean, heck yes for Doctor Strange. Super excited. I really enjoyed the the first Doctor Strange movie, and I've enjoyed every time he's been on screen with the rest of the Avengers, and uh, I am equally as excited for his sequel and the evolution of it, and maybe even some of those tie-ins that I'm starting to see speculation about from Moon Knight. Well, it, definitely there's some things that are going on with Moon Knight that hopefully will tie into it, but it's also Disney and Marvel, I think, positioning Benedict Cumberbatch as the new face of this part. I don't want to say a phase because this will lapse over into another phase of the Marvel right. Cinematic Universe. I think that he is going to be the Iron Man, what they're right. trying to go ahead and position him as the Iron Man of this part of the MCU. Just so that, I mean, they're showcasing him in this. They showcase him in Spider-Man No Way Home. I think this at really time for him to go ahead and become the face of the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. And we'll get a great glimpse of that with the results of what's going to go on with Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. They've already reported at CinemaCon that they already have $40 million in the bank from pre-sales for Doctor Strange. So they're hoping for a $200 million opening weekend domestically and a 500 to $600 million worldwide at the box office opening weekend. So that would be good signs that people are accepting of Doctor Strange as the new face of the MCU. So definitely looking forward to that. And of course, Lightyear with Pixar, definitely looking forward to that. I'm so happy for my friend that his movies 
with Pixar are being showcased again to large audiences. Although I can't feel too bad for him because Turning Red is the most popular movie of the year on Disney Plus and quite possibly the most popular movie of the year on a streaming platform, period. So they've had great success there, continued success for Pixar, hopefully down the line for them. But rounding out the Disney stuff that they showcased was Bob's Burgers as a animated musical comedy, which yes. reminds me so much of one of the best movie musicals I've ever seen. I've never told you this before, but I've told Josh this, and I've said it on the show before, but the, one of the best movie musicals I've ever seen of all time. Yes, West Side Story is fantastic, and Annette was great. But if you've ever seen South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. Of course. And you see it in the realm. Like you talked to me about the look at Our Flag Means Death. If you look at it as a structured musical, you will be really impressed at what they did way back when, when they put out that movie. I'm just going to say that now. But if Bob's Burgers is anything close to that, I think it's going to be a sleeper hit that people will really need to catch. I hope that people are surprised by the popularity of Bob's Burgers. To me, right now, one of the best cartoon shows on television it's so good and it's so funny and the humor is right there and it's everything archer but family friendly yeah absolutely. mostly <laughs> i i'm really looking forward to it I, i'm not as up to date on bob's burgers it's a series i've only caught on a couple of occasions but knowing that fox animated humor i'm really go ahead and i'm i'm open to giving it a chance especially if they are doing it in that style because i have fond memories of south park and how well right. it did as a movie musical. So I'm hoping for good things with Bob's Burgers. But the last thing I want to cover when, when it comes to Disney is David O. Russell's Amsterdam. And David O. Russell, if you're not familiar with him as a director, the last really big movie that he created was American Hustle. Okay. And also the Silver Linings Playbook. He did those back to back in 12, 2012 and 2013. The last movie he did, I believe, was Accidental Love with Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, I had a lot of name actors, but really didn't, uh, I guess, resonate with a huge audience. So he hasn't really done much since then, but he's come back after these, these many years with a movie called Amsterdam starring Christian Bale, John David Washington, who I'm telling you right now, again, for the 15,000 times since Tenet, that he will be a big superstar. I really think he's good at what he's doing. It's also got Margot Robbie. It's got a ton of name actors through it. You are going to, I believe it's still scheduled for later this year. They did showcase footage from it. And I really think it's something that people later this year, hopefully will get a chance to watch. And that's Amsterdam. Just want to make sure it's in everybody's head because I know it's not been talked about too much yet, but David O. Russell's Amsterdam, I think is going to be one to watch. Sweet. I honestly, I haven't heard much about it. So okay, I will, go. I'm going to make a, I, it's getting its own post-it. There you go. That's how important it is. Post it. Well, just think if you and I had sit down there and seen all the footage of all these things, all your notes, all that wall behind you would be full of post-it notes after <laughs> everything that we would have seen at CinemaCon. So, yes, but that's a lot of the great stuff that Disney announced at CinemaCon. If you have questions or thoughts on any of the stuff that was announced or talked about or showcased at CinemaCon, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, 
The great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, there's a little bit more to talk about with CinemaCon. And before we head on out, because I know we've been talking about CinemaCon, 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 but that's how important it is to what's going on in entertainment and pop culture. Focus Features showcased Downtown Abbey 2 and one of their upcoming movies, Tar. Wanted to go ahead and give them a mention, especially Downtown Abbey 2, because Downtown Abbey was such a sleeper hit and people really enjoyed that. Again, the question, will the audience that supported the first one come back out to see this one? Because they have not been coming out to see similar films of that targeted age group. So we'll see what happens there. I think that's a big question right there for you. Paramount came up next with Mission Impossible 7 and its title, Dead Reckoning Part 1. You know that they were filming Mission Impossible 7 and 8 back-to-back. So Mission Impossible 7 is Dead Reckoning Part 1. They showcase a little bit of footage there. Babylon, they also showcase there. Dungeons and Dragons, which I know you and I are interested in, they showcase a little bit of footage featuring Chris Pine and all that stuff that's going on there. Top Gun Maverick is the one I wanted to talk about. So Paramount finished everything with Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick, they showed the whole film. Wow. It's not coming out till the summer, but they already showcased the film to theater owners and theater owners were raving about it. So your thoughts on Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible 7, Dead Reckoning Part 1, and uh, the whole thing was showcased off in Top Gun Maverick. And people have a lot of great things to say already with reactions to Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, honestly, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible it's fine. I'm, I like I'm, it personally. I'll see it eventually, probably when it comes to TV or when it makes it to a streaming service. I like it. Yeah, of course. They're super fun movies to watch. But Top Gun, Maverick. I am so I, jealous that people right here in Las Vegas have seen this movie and I have not. It's actually going to be one of the biggest movies of the year. I'm going to say that reably with you. The first one didn't do it for me. I, but although I am very aware of its popularity, and I know again with the raves that it's getting out of CinemaCon, that it's going to be a big movie for Paramount. So yes, I I know that it's for me it's something I'll probably catch on Paramount Plus, and it's right. you know for you see vice versa. You you like this Tom Cruise? I like that Tom Cruise. There you go. <laughs> and, and somewhere we meet in the middle, right there for you. Yeah. But Paramount, if you have any thoughts on Paramount dropping Mission Impossible Seven, Dead Reckoning Part One. Babylon, Dungeons and Dragons, Top Gun Maverick. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. And we finished CinemaCon with Lionsgate with footage that was shown of John Wick Chapter 4, which I am so excited about, even though John Wick Chapter 3 was not quite as good as the first two. Expendables 4, they showcased with, you know what? I know that there's a geriatric crowd that's still dealing with this, but (laughs) Expendables 4 is still, for nostalgia purposes, I think going to be a must-watch. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. That got a lot of notice. About My Father with stand-up comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. He's starring with Robert De Niro in this movie. 
now I know a lot of people aren't as familiar with Sebastian, but he is a stand-up comedian that is on the rise. He did a set at CinemaCon that went over very well. So people are talking about him in this movie about my father. But the last thing I want to cover before we head to the last two things I want to cover for today's show is The Hunger Games gets a prequel with the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes that goes way back. It's a prequel that goes decades back to the young President Snow when he wasn't president and using him as the protagonist. That's what the book is about that came out because this book has been out for a while. So I want to hear your thoughts on this prequel to The Hunger Games. Would it get you excited to get back in? I'm just curious to see where it all went wrong for President Snow and how he got so down and dirty that we saw in The Hunger Games. So that to me is very intriguing. But your thoughts on The Hunger Games prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Yeah, I'm right there with you in terms of President Snow and and his journey to, well, what he ended up being, which is (laughs) quite unfortunate, putting it mildly. But I'm just curious to find out if the Hunger Games crowd is still there. True. After all this time. Similar to what I talked about with George Clooney and Julie Roberts. Is that audience there as well? Sure. I think the difference, though, is you have the the Julia Roberts, George Clooney crowd is their attention to things like that perhaps could be a little bit longer. The likelihood of somebody outgrowing a George Clooney, Julia Roberts film is a lot less likely than the people who grew up through the Hunger Games movies and, and the books and, and all of that stuff surrounding those. Perhaps. It'll be a little bit of nostalgia for them, and the movie will do really, really well. Fingers crossed. I hope that that's what happens. But it could also be it just took too long. Well, we'll see what happens, but you could be right on that. Or it could be something that maybe should have gone straight to streaming because those options are available to Lionsgate now that they made, I think, a deal with Roku. Uh, they've deal as far as some of their stuff that's going like John Wick Chapter 4. Eventually, they'll have exclusive streaming rights to a right. lot of these Lionsgate properties. So that would include what you're talking about with a Hunger Games prequel. So please let us know your thoughts on John Wick Chapter 4, The Expendables 4, and also as well, the Hunger Games prequel, along with everything else announced from Lionsgate. Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Zombie Creeper is watching on Twitch, and he asked, my DM learned to not leave a Forge cleric alone in a metal cage with their holy symbols. So... Bravo, sir. (laughs) Bravo, bravo indeed. But before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and mention to you a couple things that I heard. Two of your favorite things in life, Diablo and D&D. Diablo Immortal, which was announced at BlizzCon heading in early June, June the 2nd, in fact, going to mobile platforms on Android and iPhones. People were upset. Why isn't this going to consoles? Why isn't this going to PC? Well, the voices were heard, and on June the 2nd, Diablo Immortal will also, along with going to those mobile platforms, go to PC as well. Your thoughts on Diablo Immortal before we head on out? I'm probably going to break the rule of no games on my computer because, you know, we use it so much for streaming and, and podcasting and all of that stuff. I really try to keep the computer as clean as possible. I'm probably going to break my rule and put Diablo on it. You break that rule. You break it, girl. You break it. Yes, you break it. You rebel, you. But Diablo Immortal, hopefully things will be very positive for it. I always get concerned when they bump up a mobile game or a game that was meant for mobile 
to a console or PC platform because it just is rare that they will get the most out of it. Because if they're gearing it and you're making it with the intent of putting it on a mobile platform, you make it towards the infrastructure of those phones and then or tablets. And then you're trying to put it on a PC, it should be very a lot easier for the PC to adapt it, but you won't be stretching the limits or testing the limits of the PC, of a high-end PC per se, or even a console if it ever comes out there. So that's the only thing I would say. It's just, yes, it's going to be, hopefully be a great game on mobile. It may be even a, a good game on PC, but I'm not sure if it'll actually test the limits of what a PC can actually do. Sure. And, you know, it's entirely possible that it isn't super challenging for the first little while that the game is available. There's there's always updates and, and things like that that will come. So perhaps we will see it push computers a little bit harder if it doesn't out of the gate as it updates and all of that kind of stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, it is something that definitely that they've heard, the folks at Blizzard, thankfully, now that Microsoft has the rights to all the Blizzard games, that they're going ahead and, and listening to what they're, what the fans want. And the fans wanted a PC version of Diablo Immortal. And you know what? They got it. So Melinda is going to go ahead and break tradition and go ahead and slap that baby onto her PC. Hopefully Ooh. it won't test the limits there but because if that's the case if it breaks her pc she'll be blaming blizzard and diablo immortal for ruining all of her podcasts but gosh and i don't want to write that strongly worded email because it may include an expletive or two and i don't want to do that or show up outside the blizzard's office as we always talk about with you protesting (laughs) right there that's right there's a crazy lady down there below she's protesting something about you broke my pc yes you (laughs) broke my pc But if you have thoughts out there on Diablo Immortal heading to PC, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. CinemaCon. CinemaCon, CinemaCon. Again, I told you off air that this is on my bucket list. There's only two places that I want press passes to in my life still yet that I haven't gotten to. You can talk about the Super Bowl. You can talk about all this other stuff. I've been to E3. That's a member of the press. I've been to CES, a member of the press. I've been to a, over 100 great events now as a member of the press that I've been truly blessed by. I've, in fact, the NAB this week, I want to thank them for allowing us to go ahead and be members of the press and covering it. But the one thing I want to do is CinemaCon. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, keeping my fingers crossed. CinemaCon, please let us go next year at the Pop Culture Costumes. Please, please. Got to show some love for us. But before we head on out, yes, I want to talk some D&D. Oh, man. And D&D, we're not even talking about, you know, other games that go into this area and this realm, you know, like Star Wars or other games that go into space that use a D&D rule set. This is actually D&D heading into space, which I didn't think they would ever do. But D&D is actually going into space with its own adventure, a very limited edition adventure. So please, can you go ahead and explain to everyone out there about Spelljammer? Adventures in Space from Beetle and Grimm's. It's a platinum limited edition, which is only limited to about a thousand boxes. So get them while you can. But very interested to hear what you have to say about Spelljammer Adventures in Space. Yeah. Okay. So it's actually two different things that you're talking about. So the Spelljammer with, sorry, something in Grimm. Beetle and Grimm. Beetle and Grimm. Yes. So they put together these really intense box sets 
for D&D games. For example, I know their Curse of Strahd box game that they had was incredible. It included like the actual necklace and gem that Strahd wears. It included like blueprints of Strahd's castle. And it's really helps your game become more and more and more immersive. So the Spelljammer box set that you're talking about is something that's very specific to them. But the Spelljammer campaign setting, which Wizards of the Coast recently announced, along with Dragonlance, which will come out a little bit later this year, it's going to take you through the Astral Sea. You're going to have new races to play that will be specific to space, like space elves and things like that. There's going to be a bunch of new monsters that you're going to be able to use. There will be elements of cosmic horror that you can wrap into your games and there's going to be even deck plans for the spacecrafts that you fly in as you go into space with your adventurers and your dm at the head of the table I so just thought of something though think treasure planet mm -hmm. with d20s that is amazing and i'm all for it i'm all in but i just thought of something what's that shaman khan's hair how will it be in low gravity or no gravity at all It'll be puffy, puffy, very, very puffy. Oh my gosh. Bad hair days are ahead for him, but I'd love for Roger. Roger, our DM for Demolition Force, or even Mitch. Mitch, if you're out there, the guy who runs the awesome games on the weekend that you can check out right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, please go ahead and get us on one of these adventures. Melinda and I are in. Maybe even your husband. Can your husband, or you, you run the game. You want to get me and Josh and everybody involved in a Marvel game? Yes. Let's get a, a D, D in space. <laughs> D, D in space. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Also, I want to mention this as well, because this was something that a lot of people were talking about in the D&D realm. And that is that Wizards of the Coast has purchased D&D Beyond, which is where I yes. have all of my D&D stuff on D&D Beyond. And, the email um, on that. So right now they actually have a pre-order deal for the Spelljammer books. So hop over to D&D Beyond and have a look. No advertising dollars coming my way for mentioning that. Just a hot tip from me to you because you should have the best price available to you. Well, you are the person with the hot takes that doesn't yeah. make having hot takes. <laughs> right. Yep. The Batman. Exactly. <laughs> But what are your thoughts out there on Spelljammer? With D&D &D having adventures in space, we love it. Do you love it too? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, it's been an amazing show. We had so much to cover. I had to bump half the show I planned over to the Monday show with me and Josh. Plus, I've got Don Fobbs also coming on the show to talk television and some shows that are closing the run. Plus, also an amazing debut for an ABC show and one of their best debut shows ever, I will also talk about. Plus, the NFL draft, winners and losers, with Chris and Dom Lardieri. We're going to talk about the draft, winners and losers, coming up on Monday's show. Plus, everything that we're going to cover, including a preview of Doctor Strange 2. That's all coming up for you on Monday. But, Melinda, any last thoughts before we head on out? Whew, holy smokes. Yes, Top Gun. So excited for that movie. I can barely stand it. Are you excited for Tom Cruise flying or are you just excited for the volleyball? I think it's going to be touch football in the new movie. I don't think they're doing a volleyball scene. I think it's too iconic to try to touch again. So I think they're going to try to strike fire a second time with a bit of a football scene on the beach. From what okay. I've seen and what I've read. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. I will leave it at that. 
we'll leave it at that. Good enough. <laughs> so for Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glasker. That's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great